Hey, everybody. This is Joey Knuckles, and you're listening to the Dip and Rip Podcast. <laughs> That was it. You nailed it. That was sexy as fuck. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I know sexy. Well, this, I was doing ads on this, but I stopped doing them. Or I didn't stop doing them. Just nobody wanted an ad. But if you want an ad, let me know. And I'm here with Joey Knuckles via phone. And if this system works, hopefully it does, uh, we will, I'll do it some more. But um this is actually the first time I've ever I've ever talked to you, Joey, on the phone. I just text I just I just talked to you through DMs for the last I feel like a long time. I've talked to you through DMs and never never talked to you on the phone. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was supposed to stop out, but then that crazy storm hit when I was like driving across country. What was uh was, what when when was that? When uh, it was like twenty twenty one. I like flew to Cali and then was driving home and uh, I was going to stop and see you guys but that fucking huge storm hit that was like cut off like, like Austin Salt Lake City like I was supposed to be like Salt Lake City Denver Austin I was going to stop and see you guys and see my guy in Tahlequah and a couple other places and like everything got smashed with snow oh it got fucked it got fucked well uh, where so you're you're up in Columbus Columbus, Ohio, yeah. How many? I know you have. I know you have a few shops up there, but how? Like what? Like what's all the shops you you own and run? Um, I own High Street Tattoo, uh, Body Language Tattoo, and Sacred Hand Tattoo Society. Um, High Street's been there since '05. It was the first shop I owned. I bought it from. Or I bought it in uh, 2013. Okay, was that? And then, uh, Go ahead. No, you can keep going. You keep going. I think didn't Gio own that shop? Yeah, Gio. Yeah, I bought that shop from Giovanni. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I've met him a few times. Yeah, and then uh, um, uh, twenty fourteen, I got offered to buy in on the the shop I could learn that called Body Language, uh, and I kind of broke my arm, and I was like. Um, kind of fucked. I hadn't made any money. I, I broke my arm and then I had surgery on it. I had a plate put in and the plate broke and I ended up with another surgery and like I had to have like a bone graft and a big time plate put in um, and it got really ugly. I was like out of, I did tattoo for like a year. Holy shit. How, did you, how did you break your arm? I like wrapped around somebody's head at the GRI concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. Yeah. I was acting like I was 25 when I was 35. You fucking slapped uh, your shit up? Jesus Christ. All yeah, right. yeah. I mean, my, yeah, the moneymaker, too. It was a bad one. And uh, so, uh, you know, the offer to buy body language came, or buy in at body language came, and uh, I had, was hurting for dough. I had made money for a long time, and that job came with a paycheck. You know, like the negotiation. Oh. I got paid. You know, oh, okay. so I was like, I was like, oh, I kind of had like a little bit of leverage at the time, so I jumped on that deal just because I was like, I didn't know if I was going to tattoo again. I was like, fuck it, if I get a check for this, at least something, you know. Well, you're going to be so the then, tattooed. You're going to be tattooed dad now. That's going to be a professional tattoo dad to everybody because you fucking 
Now, how many people worked at these shops when you, well, tell me about the third um, one. Sorry. Tell me about the third one. Um, so, so yeah, I, I bought in the body language in 2014 and then eventually bought my partner out there. And my body language is where I learned a tattoo. And my second job was at high street. And then I moved to Philadelphia. So like the only two places in Columbus I ever worked at, I own now. Oh, oh, it wasn't that, uh, okay. That's tight, man. Yeah. And then, so 2016, we opened, uh, um, Sacred Hand Tattoo Society. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's like the first shop I opened, like, from scratch, you know? Um, and I have a, I have a partner. I was partners with Big B's at first with that shop, and, um, we kind of, went separate ways in uh, 2020 and then uh, you know we're still cranking along you know tons of dudes working there and chicks just slamming tattoos out every fucking day it's like you know it turned out to be uh, a pretty busy location I kind of thought that it was going to be you know a little slower a little more kind of appointment based at first and then just fucking people started coming in, you know. Well, what is <laughs> it? Like, is know. that because I've seen the building? Because I remember you opening it, and I've seen the building a couple times. And is it is it like in a is it in a different area than the other two shops? Yeah, well, yeah, it's like uh, it's called it's an area like uh, called Parsons Avenue, a little block, and, and it was kind of like notorious area of town for a while. But now it's like kind of like we were like the first like a hint of fucking gentrification or whatever I guess you want to call it. You know, like, yeah, you had the first nice uh, sign on the street. Yeah, we were yeah, we, we we opened up and we stayed. So other people started sniffing around. And now there's like fucking hella vegan places, you know? Oh well, I mean it it, it always works. I feel like uh where we got located there there isn't a shop for a, a long ways all the way around us and we're downtown. Yeah. And I feel like uh, seem to attract the right kind of people all the time. I mean, people get cool stuff. It's very, it's very fortunate, you know. Because I've also worked. I feel like I've worked at a shitload of shops where, like, you know, the guys are like, "I'm leaving to open up my own shop. You want to go?" And like, when you're young, you're like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, bro, let's go." And, yeah. then, you, and then you go open it. And it's like a fuck it. It's like a nightmare for for how for you know for for eight or nine months or however long you work there. It's like this fucking. Like it sucks, and then the shop closes, yeah. and I was so it's always like that. Always scared the fuck out of me. I was like, oh my god, man, I don't want to open up a shop and just be like, you know, a month in, the guys all we're only doing rent, and I was like, fucking what, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll say this, like, you know, it's it's super popular to to wanna to want to like open a place. And, you know, I, I talk with my guys all the time. I've got a few, had a few guys that have opened up and come to me over the years and like, hey, you know, we're gonna open up a place and you know, most of them have done it pretty cool, you know, and I don't really mind, but I, I about a hundred percent of them have, have kind of wished they had because you know, I got a busy shop, so it's like, you know, if you can make like I you know, I, I hire a lot of kids that are coming in nowadays I can then hire some kids that come in from like appointment only type places, you know, and yeah. they're like, well, you know, 
uh, I just have never really thought about working at a, a, a free shop because you know I never thought about giving up a cut of my work. And I'm like, well, what do you make in a year? And they're like, well, you know, I pulled out about thirty eight thousand or something. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you, know, you want <laughs> you want a hundred percent? You want a hundred percent of thirty eight thousand, or you want sixty percent of two hundred thousand, motherfucker? Like, what are you well, talking about? That's, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I've always talked about Watkins. I, I feel I, I always, I mean, I have everything I talk about is about regular ass tattooing, about re- regular yeah. tattooing. And I'm like, uh, I've always worked in shops where uh, you're doing fucking Watkins, man. You know, you, you. Well, in a time, in a time where everybody's so concerned with being like, and, and I'm not, I agree with it because, because I'm like this in my, in my personal life is, is in a time when everybody's so concerned with being inclusive and, and available to everyone and, and offer their services to everyone, it, the tattoo business is becoming exclusive. And it seems like the people with the loudest voices about in, in, in like in, inclusive lifestyles are the most exclusive tattooers. <laughs> you know? Well, the and hardest to get. I, I think yeah, there, there are kids here where they got an app. There's a, you, you know, you you you, uh, you fill out an application on the webs on the website, or you know, there's an app. Okay. And you you apply for a consultation. Oh, you can apply and, and hold and yeah. So, so, if you, so you know, I I filled one out. You know, it was like I had 150 bucks and I wanted a black and gray rose. Right. Yeah. Seems seems reasonable. I'd do you a hundred fifty dollar black and gray rose. See, it said definitely seems obtainable. Or yeah. you know, or I mean, I didn't say what size. You know, I said you know whatever size works. And it was like a a nine step process to submit this idea through this app. And then you know you never hear back from the person because it didn't say six hundred dollars. You know what I mean? So you never got um, a, you never got a black and gray rose. No, no, no! They gave me no black. Would you have got it if if you would have said, "Yeah, come get it"? Would you? (laughs) I would have got it. I would have got it. I stood that fool up. I stood stood that fool up and waited till they fucking posted like, "Uh, "Got some availability today." Blah blah blah, and then I'd hit them up and make them think I was coming in for something else, and I wouldn't show up for that either. (laughs) Fucking scrub. (laughs) Fucking scrub. I don't even. You know, I used to kind of like. uh, I used to, I guess, care. I guess I used to give a fuck about what up the road was going on. But, you know, I always was tattooing. I was always working. I was always busy. So I didn't have, like, uh, especially lately, like, I'm, you know, I do, I do a lot of shit. So whether it's tattooing shit or home shit or, you know, I'm fucking busy doing shit. But I did notice over the course of time that uh, more and more and more and more people uh, have, like, they're opening a shop and, it's you know a collect yeah. a collective or, or or whatever you know and i was like i don't think AKA, that yeah AKA a recipe for disaster man. i don't I, here you go and you know what i want to do i want to, I want to split bills with five other fucking artists well i haven't <laughs> I, i've seen so i guess they're successful i don't know but and i get the idea if you wanted to go work there right but it seems like uh Though it seems super fucking weird, and I see more and more and more, and I'm like, where, like, where are you finding five other people that that are high five in this, you know? And I'm like, I get, I get why you wouldn't want to work at a biker shop, dude, because I worked at shops where the split was fifty fifty. You stayed till two a.m. 
You fucking yeah, never said sure. shit. You fucking did what came in. You know, you they didn't share nothing. They didn't do nothing for you. No, you know? no, no. There was nothing. Yeah. And, and I mean, at the at, at the time, I was happy to be there. But at no point, I did I ever think for skill level or experience or anything. I never thought I was better than that. I never thought like, oh well, I'm fucking doing whatever. I would just, you know, after a while, you work there for a while and you move on and you move on and you try and get into a better place and a better place and a better place. But at no point did I ever think like, man, I wish I could take the tattoo experience and I can condense it down to a transaction only to where if I'm tattooing you. And if I could add on top of that, pay to play. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, like, like you could, you could just go sit down at work and make your money and go home and, and disconnect, you know? Yeah. But everybody's kind of choosing to take on the stress without the business or leadership qualities or, or tattoo experience. And not, not, I'm not saying building a tattoo, I'm saying like dealing with, you know, questions that come in that, that maybe require finesse, you know? Well, and, and, and those kind of leadership qualities are important. You know, like well, it's, it, it's if you run a shop because our shop is regular shop. Some people have appointments. Sometimes we don't have appointments. We'll tattoo you, of course, if we yeah. can. When you know, I I tattoo walk-ins as much as anybody else, and it's hard shit. It's little or it's big. Or it's fucking whatever, you know. And it's and it's tattooing. But I've always expressed to people, I said, hey, if you still think you sell pictures for a living, you got it fucked up. Like you don't you don't understand yeah. what your job is. You think you sell pictures, bro, and your job. Yeah you sell an experience, a picture is a receipt of such experience, you know, and that's how you continue to have clients. That's why I'm sure you've had clients that you've had for fucking ever to the point where you're tattooing their kids now because their kids are old enough, right? Oh, yeah, I've got generational clientelers. Yeah, so any old dude or even middle dude that I have met that is happiest and understands it best and, 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 and whatever, all those dudes, they may not like parts of it. Like I certainly, I, you know, we, if you work at a shop and you work for somebody and that person sucks ass, of course you don't want to work there. No one wants to work at Kinko's with the boss that sucks ass. But uh, all the skills I learned to ever open up a shop, I learned from working at shops that were a tattoo shop. They weren't a gallery. I never learned shit from that. You know, it was. And like, I tell you, I worked in a couple of places that I didn't really love working at. And I worked for people that maybe didn't, uh, I didn't see eye to eye ethically, but once I opened my shop, having worked for them taught me a lot of what not to do and how not to treat my people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like even having a bad experience, like even if you're working at a shop and you have a bad experience, sometimes that bad experience builds the character of your, uh, of the quality of, or the quality of your character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I could, you know, uh, well, it's uh, it's also off, 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 off record. I can lay down a few stories, <laughs> shit, but I, I, you know, I, I was around, and you know, I would never put my people through stuff like that. But had I not kind of been in that spot, I wonder if I wanted to overlook that subtle kind of like, oh, people can't stand when you do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's there's also the thing you don't learn. Uh, you you anything I ever got better tattooing about anything I ever like in my brain or actual tattooing is because I was working in a shop with people. And when you're working in a shop, 
oftentimes a regular shop, you you hang out, you spend 10 hours a day with those people. So you start learning shit. You start learning shit from them or a new guy comes in and it's a fresh pool of things you probably didn't think about. But what I noticed is other people will go to shops and none of them talk to each other. They are all separate yeah, entities. They're never there at the same time. And I'm like, I feel like you're, you, I don't like that. you are missing because we didn't put walls up in our shop. We didn't, there ain't no room. Like you're like, yeah, we don't do that. it's all in a line. So when you're getting tattooed, yeah. even your client can talk to every single person in the room. And it's, yeah, that, that's how we run them too. Yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like that separated shit. It, it is, it's, I don't know. If you need privacy, we got partition screens and no problem. You yeah, know? yeah, same, same thing. Um, I think that that the walls just kind of block the vibe, block the energy. Well, you, um, you get that. I, I don't like. I don't want to go to a doctor's office. No, no. I, I would like a clean tattoo shop. I would like it to feel like a shop. Sweep the fucking yeah, floor. Sweep the floor. Two or something there, though. You know. Well, it's, it's uh, I, like I wouldn't mind a faint smell of weed and you know somebody cracking <laughs> a mouth doing the back. No, I still like a tattoo shop, but you know uh, we don't cater to it. Like we never, from the beginning, we yeah, never catered right. to fucking when. So, like I think at this point, the shop email we turned it the fuck off. Don't don't email us at all. It's just the it's the it's the the communication is the least amount of effort possible for you to try to get something from me. And I've never got an email for a tattoo. And then, it, and you know, I, I'm not going to say never. I'm going to say very rarely have I got an email and then followed through and did the tattoo. And I was like, this is sick as fuck. You know, like it's it's never, it's yeah. never that. Or a Facebook, Facebook messaging, fuck off with it. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, fuck that shit. I hate that. I hate when people do that shit. Um, yeah, I, I literally, I mean, I answer every email and every message that comes to me to this day within 15 minutes of getting it. Um. I can't. I can't let that shit stack up. I, 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 you know, even if it's even to an, a fault, I'll still get my shit answered. But I have a copy and paste response that answers every question. It just get them to call the shop and book a consultation with me. You know. Well, it's. And, I mean, it's and I, simple. I, I consult. Yeah, it's it's easy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, hey, call the call the shop. We'll talk about everything you want. You know. Yeah. And. And I consult with every single person that emails me. So if they, if they, I just got an email. Some some lady was like, this tiny script on her wrist, and I was like, hey, how much do you think for these? Copy paste, you know. And then when she comes in, I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm booked for like three or four months, but here's my guys. Like, I don't really find it appropriate for me to take walk-ins right now. Um, there are times in the year where it's super busy. And the guys are like, yo, it's fucking crank and please help us, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But but in my opinion, when I got 24 people working at three shops, it's like, it's not a good look for me to be taking their jobs, you know? <laughs> um, oh, yeah? Did you, live, you know? did you live through that before? Did you live through some of that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so you, you cor- <laughs> correct, corrected your behavior. Yeah, you know, so... So I, I just didn't find, you know, I think I still took walk-ins up until we opened Sacred Hand, you know? Um, and then now it's like, you know, somebody comes in and they want me and they want me to do a piece of Stony Flash or My Flash or something, then I'll rock on them. But it just doesn't really happen that often, you know? And if, as far as like a white girl cross, they give me a fucking heart attack. So I have to be one of those right now. And it's, it's been a while. <laughs> 
Um, I, yeah, I'm, still, I'm still doing them. <laughs> yeah, but I have somebody for you. You know, like you can. I, I like. I'm not going to tell you through the email. No, I don't do that. I got a fucking billion dollar minimum. You got to pay a day charge. Uh, you know, I don't see none of that kind of shit because that's just obviously going to make that person feel like they can't get that new buddy. Yeah. You know. Right. I'm coming to the shop. I, I schedule time with them. Sometimes I go in just to meet with that person and tell them that I'm, you know, here's here's so and so. You know, they're going to do your tattoo for you. Yeah, but you that, know what I mean? the small gesture of doing your the bare minimum of your job is still, you know, I feel like not. I feel like that's 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 drifting away. Just that small minimum of hey. Uh, I'm going to be here. I'm a regular person. Just call it. Cause usually with me, if you want to book with me, I'm never fucking booked, bro. I'm never booked months. I've never booked weeks. Fucking DM me or call me. I'll fucking tattoo you. It's not a complicated process. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, uh, I like tattooing folks. You know what I mean? I, I, I am kind of narrowing down what I've been doing because, you know, I got pinned in with the cover up stuff for a long time. And, uh, it took me like a year of completely refusing any of that to get unmarried <laughs> from cover up hell. I'm <laughs> doing only cover ups forever for being the guy. I mean, for like six years. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I, I always did a lot of cover ups, right? And then when I got back to Columbus, it was like nobody in the city wanted to fucking do a cover up. And I didn't mind. I was good at it. And I needed to build a new clientele. And, uh, it just got to where I was doing every fucking cover up in town. Like, dudes were coming with their whole sleeve and be like, hey, can you cover this? I'm like, fuck yeah. Here's a dragon. Let's rock it, you know? Um, but I, I, just, I just stopped doing those, you know? And like, I taught all, like, I literally last night, I had a bunch of the guys over and I went, I, I taught a seminar for a couple of years on cover ups. And I just went through the seminar with all the kind of new guys at the shops. And, kind of walk them through my process because I'm trying to, I'll teach any fucking buddy how to do a cover-up so I don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fucking worth it just to have somebody else be able to do that shit? Yeah, well, it's just it's just a time investment. Like, if I if I book you to cover up your sleeve, then basically I booked you for three sleeves, so that's two people that want cool sleeves that I can't get to. Huh? That's that's a yeah. way to look at it. I, you know, I fucking hate cover-ups. I hate them in general, and I don't even I don't even pretend I used to put like the effort in like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And like, I would never get done with it and be like, fuck yeah, I'm glad this happened. So now people are like you do cover ups. So I was like, I'll tattoo over the, fu- I'll tattoo over the top of it, but I'm not fucking, yeah, like, right. I don't give a shit. If it's, if you see it, wear a shirt then, but yeah, I'm you not, got that shit. yeah, you shouldn't have got that. I don't want to deal with your problems. I think I went on the news. <laughs> I went on the fucking local news here with the, they came in with the video camera and they're like, so what do you guys think of cover-ups? And I was like, you should get laser and fucking come just get a tattoo that's good. <laughs> like, you should have made a better decision, you know? And uh, I they aired that shit live, like, you know? And I was just like, yeah, yep, that's how I feel all the way. You know? <laughs> just yeah, I, said it. I ain't gonna lie, man. I've definitely become, you know, I, I spent the first half of my career um, doing every single tattoo anybody asked for me, you know? Yeah. And now, my job my job is more keeping the guys at the tattoo shops happy and making sure we've got people coming down the road that are, I'm watching and seeing who's developing around the city and stuff like that. There's a lot more parts to my job other than making tattoos. And, uh, 
when I'm making tattoos, I don't want to be focused on anything else. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I knock, I knock all my other work out at, at certain times, you know? Well, and, uh, so when I'm, when I'm down to my tattoo time, I've been really picky about what I take anymore. You know, and I'm talking the last year. I think it, it gets to a point. It does get to a point where you, cause I'll make fun of people and people will say like, well, you know, I know other people that's doing this. And I'm like, yeah, well, those, those people already worked in a shop and already did this. And like, they developed to a, a natural point where, Hey, I'm going to just take these appointments because, because they're there because otherwise, like if, but let's say in a situation, if you were at a place and they said, Joey, tomorrow, we need you to tattoo nothing but walk-ins for a week, whatever comes in. Are you, you can still do that. You can still tattoo it. Yeah. You can still make people happy. You can still fucking, you could do, you could be a tattooer. You could do your fucking job, right? Oh, some of the coolest razzle dazzle dudes I've ever seen in the business weren't that good of tattooers. Oh yeah. You know I mean? oh, but yeah. Man, oh yeah. They had great clientele. You know, they, they they made people happy every day. They never had people complaining about the shit. I mean, I saw some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but they but they, yeah. they they did it. They 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 were good at their fucking job. And I think if now like if someone came to me and said, Hey, are you are you guys hiring? I only do appointment only here's my spectacular portfolio. Call my friend and not me. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about hiring you. Like I got no wish to ever work with you, bro, because you can't do the fucking job. Like, cause at our shop, you yeah, gotta be you able to do, yeah, you gotta be able to do the job. I don't give a shit if you're good at tattooing. A million people are good at tattooing. So. Yeah, are you going to help like on the day that, like I got some guy, I got some cats that work by appointment because they did the job so well for so long that now the stack. It's natural. It's a natural progression. The difference, in my opinion, is if you're an appointment person, word. If your day opens up, are you going home or are you jumping in on the walk-ins? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, If you're going to jump in on the walk-ins, then I'll fuck with you. You know? But if you're just, if you're like, oh, my appointment didn't come, so I'm not going to come in today, then it's like, fuck that shit. Yeah. I re- I just don't I just don't even though I completely operate like that myself now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know a lot of people like, but it, from a standpoint of hey, you know, would you want to hire? Because we have you know most of the, the guys that work in our shop. Uh, Adam Mesmer works at our shop now, and he's been tattooing for I think like thirty or thirty or more years. He's been tattooing, and he had Art Core in Seattle, and he did appointments forever. You know, he was booked forever. He did appointments, and then he moved down here. And that dude tattoos every motherfucking walk-in like an, like like it's an Olympic fucking sport, dude. He doesn't give a shit. Like he's tattooed. If you're in there and you want a tattoo, he's doing it. And that dude can do. That dude's done body suits, and now he doesn't. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. That's fucking. That's the shit I'm looking for. Bro, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky with with stuff like that with with our guys, man. Like, um, I always tend to. You know who I think are the cream of the crop around here. Always tend to gravitate their way toward us. You know, um, or you know, there's a couple of my friend shops that they go you know toward as well. You know, but uh, but we get a lot of gravitational pull from the the good artists who I think are good around town. And then I kind of have an eye for who I think has talent and like a good attitude. Yeah, well, you know, the, ad- and, the attitude and I, is hard to teach. Yeah, and if you got talent and a good attitude, then I'll give you like three months, you know? Because, you know, basically with us, it's like guys last, uh, uh, 
a maximum of three months or a minimum of three years. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like wow. They, they either in the door and fucking gone or they stay forever, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we, uh, I've been fortunate at the shop because every, everybody that works there is settled in and it's the same thing and we're cool and we get along. And, and I know that that is, the that that is a small percentage of what happens because i've heard like the nightmare yeah. story or you know like i you know i've heard the dudes who had a shop for a long time they're like i fucking hate it dude like i'm selling it i don't give a shit about this it's you know too many problems but everyone that works there is like kind of older they've been tattooed and they fucking have their shit together they, they you know they're not uh they're, they 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 don't have that brand new bullshit you know they're not yeah. doing dumb shit which i didn't know how much i appreciated that than now because i'll hear from other people you know not 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 as much anymore because i feel like there's still some shops to operate like it's fucking 1991 like i, I know there are the, the, way, the way i look at it bro is a lot of tattoo shop owners look at an artist and are like how much money is this person gonna make me you yeah. know or how long and can I they take- make it I look at tattooers and I say, how much money can I make for this person? You know, like, let me take you from this tax bracket to that tax bracket. Yeah, that's my goal. You know, my goal is to take you from somebody that does really good to somebody that fucking crushes, you know, and then fill your hands with so much work that you don't really have a choice but to get badass. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I've seen that. I've seen that go both ways. Where it's like you gave a dude a cowboy hat, and now he thinks he's a cowboy, or or the opposite way, where you you give a dude a hat and he grows into the cowboy. You know, and then he's like, "Yeah, well, I have I've had a lot of opportunity, and they and they use it wisely." But I've seen the people they're like, "I'm better off without this. Look at me, I'm fucking killing this shit." And then they leave, and like yeah. it's a fucking pickup game for five years because they fucked off. Yeah, you know, I've had some cats that. The grass is greener, you know, but I've also had some cats where the grass is greener and then they come back. You know? <laughs> well, um, they like it better. I, I wait. Uh, you know, here's, I provide a fucking busy shop that, that is beautiful. Uh, you know, I work to make sure your income increases every year. You know, most of the people that work with us have been there for a long time. And you get like last year for Christmas, these motherfuckers got Eddie Deutsch machines. <laughs> oh, that's like, sick! And one good way of keeping them around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you, know, you got to give back. You gotta, you gotta be generous. You know, my partner and I. I have a when I bought these uh, out at Sacred Hand, and when I bought my former partner Wes out at Body Language, I sold one of my managers in as a minority partner at all three shops. Oh, so he wow. kind of handles all the, he handles all the kind of paperwork business responsibilities. Okay. And then I do like, I handle the people. You know? ah, ah. And, um, so, and that's, that's actually worked out a lot better. Like I was having, it was like, uh, the strain of the shops was like weighing on stuff at home and shit. So, you know, I, I had something I had to give. So I, I cut him in on all three shops and, um, him taking care of that has really freed me up to kind of focus on making sure everybody's happy and getting what they need and, you know, doing like a head coach pep talk every now and then or, you know, <laughs> Are, whatever I got to do. 
I feel, yeah, I feel like you have so many people, man, like comparatively to like one, like if you have one shop, that's five people that are all different. And you have, you know, cause I always wonder, I was like, man, this dude's had three shops and he's had them for a long time and it's working, you know? And I was like, that is that, that is more interesting to me than one dude with one good shop. Cause I was like, he's dealing with fucking like 90 goddamn people all the time for 10 minutes at a time. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, man. <laughs> like, uh, but you know, uh, it somehow fell into my skill set, and it's worked out pretty well. I mean, I think I think really the answer is just to to to, to be honest and nice and generous with your folks, you know, and then identify when people do a great job and, and reward them for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they stay. And I mean, you know, I. I challenge the idea that you can make more money by going out and opening the shop unless you want to go and have five or six people working for you, which takes a long time to build, you know? Well, I think our, our sure. shop from the beginning was engineered to never rely on any other tattooer making money because we'd worked in shops where the whole business plan was you get more tattooers and then what tends to have, what tended that I had saw it happen. I'm not saying this happens all the time, but what I would see is it would get to where, you know, they would hire any breathing body to do tattoos because they needed somebody, you know, and then it trickles down to where your shop fucking sucks. But the, all the dude, dude is, you know, the more tattooers, the more money you can make. So we engineered the whole thing to not depend on that. So if, yeah, when you look at it like you need a tattooer, that's that's when it's not that great, you know. No, no. Like, like I could have half as many people at each shop, and the shops, my paycheck would be the same. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't lose. You know, uh, I don't need more artists, really. Ever. It's just we like to keep our chairs full to keep the vibe hot and to keep the jobs done. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's the guys get overworked <laughs> you know it's like i've always grown really slowly too it's not like i ever opened a shop and was like, all right i'm hiring eight dudes you know yeah i don't yeah. think i've ever i don't think i've ever hired two people at the same time um ever you know i uh i, I always grow gradual but what tends to happen you know at busy street shops is you know person a b and c fucking murder walk-ins for two three years and then become and then you gotta hire you know new new people to do walk-ins while those people do their appointments you know do you advertise a lot i do we do like some goofy radio ads i like to like do like funny radio ads and then uh we got some bench signs around town okay and then we do like you know those old bats at like diners and stuff that have all the business ads. Oh, I like that. You I know? like that shit a lot. I like we still do that. some of that shit. Yeah, I like that name right here, shit, shit. You know, I like the small. Um, yeah, the small shit. Yeah. You know what I like doing that for is for like maybe there's a tattooer that is doing a good job that ain't getting treated right, or maybe he ain't they ain't getting no advertisement for them, or or maybe their owner ain't doing what they need to do. And they're like, damn, that place has got a fucking sign. They're, they're, they're saying their dude's <laughs> names on the radio. You know what I mean? I just like that little bit of separation from us, from the competition, you know? That's rad. That's rad. Well, how? And, so 
the next thing I wanted to talk about because I, I did want to talk about that and you answered a lot of my questions. I have seen you talk about and post like so much of Stony St. Clair's clash and stuff. And I know you had a bunch of it, but I, w- I was curious how, how you acquired all that and what your interest in him is and for people who don't know about him. Because I've told a bunch of people, I'm like, man, he's like, it's like on YouTube. It's he has a book. Like, what? Like, how do you not know about? Yeah, it? yeah. I mean, <clears throat> for me, uh, the documentary started us how. Well, I mean, I didn't get a computer till I was like 28. You know? Yeah. And I think the very first thing I looked up was Tony knows how, and I like tagged it or whatever so I could like shortcut to it. Yeah. And I, I literally, and I mean, my wife will tell you this. I literally watched that documentary every day for, uh, I mean, from, from when I was 28 and until three months ago, maybe <laughs> like four or five months ago. I just well, who, who, like, who was he? Like, I thought, I thought he was from like uh, Kentucky or West Virginia or something. He was from West Virginia. Um, he tattooed in Tampa. He tattooed in, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, tattooed all over. He's a carnival worker, so and he got around pretty good. Well, I'm gonna step up. I gotta grab some tongues and heartburn. Okay, <laughs> if it sounds funny, but, but uh, he uh, made his way to Columbus in the '70s, tattooed at the end of his life, and uh, he was that Ed Hardy, you know, knew about Sony and came to Columbus to get tattooed by him. In that documentary, yeah, and, he, got uh, that, he got that rat, yeah, yeah, and you know, so that kind of tells you how important Stoney was, you know, to a layman that the world's most important tattooer came to get tattooed by it. Well, know? he was like young too; like you didn't even know it was Ed Hardy unless you fucking had seen older pictures of him. You know, yeah, I mean, Stoney wasn't aware of who he was. Yeah, that's for sure. Um. So I watched the documentary a million times, read the book, and, you know, I, I tracked down the lineage of Columbus tattooing and kind of found out who talked to, and, you know, kind of all that gig, and was always kind of pretty fascinated with the dude, and always collected what I could find of his stuff, and, you know, old-timers would come in with his tattoos, and we'd take pictures of them. And I had a... Um, you know, at one point, Marty Holcomb had sold, sold me some, some of his Stony collection. So I have a pretty good, like, respectable collection of Stony stuff going already. And, um, you know, like a family member found me and uh, brought in one sheet. And we agreed on a price and they split. But guys, like, damn, it's crazy. It sucks when they sell one sheet. I was like, I don't know, I mean, like I super react to that money pretty good. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty excited about that shit, huh? Yeah, you know, so then it was like every three days, you know, coming back a couple more, a couple more. And eventually I just kind of worked out a bulk deal with them, you know. And then how many sheets and, did you have in total? I mean, I think I handled 250. God damn, how many sheets did he paint? I mean, here's the thing. Those are from like 1956 or 54 till when he died in 70, you know, 80. 
uh, and he tattooed from 28. So basically, that's the second half of his career. Wow. Assuming that that's everything. Assuming. Because what about his machines? What about his other shit? I got some machines. I got uh, I got a bunch of pigment. I got a bunch of like personal stuff. Um, but yeah, the 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 guy I got it from said that uh, there used to be. I was on a big tote, and he said that there used to be seven of them, and that six of them got stolen in the nineties. Fuck yeah. off! Six of them got stolen. Yeah. So so, you know, if you know. It's safe to assume that six times as much of what I've seen uh, disappeared. God damn! So I mean, and I mean, I'm telling you, because because here's the thing: is before my this discovery, there had been I think it was like 38 sheets of Stony Slash published. Yeah, and of those 38, like 16 are fake. Really? You know, um, like those really campy, folky ones that you find online. If you Google Stony St. Clair yeah, Flash, yeah, 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 yeah. Most of the stuff on page one is fake. Like the real big opened up designs. Um, the argument always was is that that was Stony's 70s work and real, you know, crazy far out. But and because the, the, my, the stuff I had had never been seen. But once you look at that stuff, compared to because I have a couple of these sheets of the fake stuff you know and when you compare it to my stuff they don't they haven't aged the same clearly the same hand did not paint the sheets I mean it's like painfully obvious when you look at the pile of 250 that look the same versus 13 that don't you know I think and and then and then the real kicker is that I got a big basket full of stencils and I have stencils that match every published sheet that's ever been out except for those campy ones. And so, I don't have one stencil that matches one of those sheets. Why would why would somebody fake it? Money, 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 money. The fucking who? The who? The fuck? Um, <laughs> So here's the deal. I, I can't tell you the story accurately. So and since we're being recorded, I don't want to even try. Um, okay. The dude, Nick Ackman from the Pittsburgh Tattoo Museum. Okay. is the dude to talk to about the story. Because okay. he, he, he was like looking at some of my stony stuff before the mother landed in my lap. He was, I, you know, I had some pretty good stuff. And he was like checking it out, trying to make a trade with me. And I had a couple of those sheets, and I was like, I'd be willing to trade these. And he's like, well, those are fake. And it kind of pissed me off. Like, out of the gate, know? he was like, yeah, no, I'm good, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, you're fucking fake, motherfucker. He talking to you. I'll authenticate your ass. You took it personally? Like, you painted that shit? <laughs> you're yeah, well, well, just, uh, the thing is, is, the collector world is tricky, man. And, and these dudes are clever, you know, and uh, they'll talk you out of your fucking pants. You well, know what I mean? Tattoo, so that's I, always been I mean, in tattooing anyway. It's always I, when, yeah, yeah. We're talking the greatest tattooers from their areas are all the biggest collectors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, like you ain't, you ain't outsmarting Dana Brunson, motherfucker. You're no, out of your mind. No. <laughs> You're out of your fucking mind. You know, so... So the way I see it is like, oh, I just met you, and now you're telling me my shit's fake. You're trying to make a move on my collection. You know, you're trying to get it cheap. Yeah, 
yeah. you know, um, that's what I saw. But as I got into talking to him about it, the theory sounded, it's pretty sound. And now that I've seen what I've seen, I take that as absolute truth. But that guy, that guy Nick Ackman is the guy to talk to about it. He okay. knows that story. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to see if I can find him and ask him because I, I'm always curious about that because I have a book that I think Lyle Tuttle wrote about Jonesy machines. Right. And I, and it's a very small pamphlet more or less. And it's like, uh, it's fucking cool. You know, it has all the information about Bill Jonesy and a bunch of machines, but I would say that the vast majority of that book is how to spot a, like it, it was clearly explaining what a fake one looked like. And here's what the real one looks like. And here's what a fake one would be. And here's what a real one would be. And here's what yeah. a fake one. And I was like, Holy shit, dude. So you're telling me there were so many fake ones that you felt compelled to write a book about it. Right. And then, cause I had a Jonesy and I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's legit. It says everything and every well, I mean, knowledge base I had, but I, I was like, is there like a fucking over influx of people that were making fake ones? Well, those old timers know that. And I mean, they know that information back in the end. You see like an old guy looking at a machine going, ah, oh, you know, this is, Catfish Carl because Carl's the fucking left side of the spring up on the left, so you know it's his. You know, it's like, what? Yeah. I can't even fucking see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, we always fly to the side of the spring shelf to make sure, you know, it's like, wow. And it's like these days, nobody fucking knows any of that or would even think about anything like that, you know? Well, I usually I buy a ton of shit off like Facebook Marketplace. I don't buy anything off eBay, dude, because if they remotely think, it's real remotely think it's awesome remotely think it's rare. They're like, you know, the most money in the fucking world, which apparently was not that way. Like in the nineties. Cause I know dudes are like, dude, we were buying all a goddamn eBay and they did like, nobody knew what they, they yeah. buy the yard sale, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't buy, I don't buy from eBay. Um, I do a lot of, most of my buys are like, really a lot of my stuff is trade anymore. I try not to buy too much. Well, it gets expensive. But, uh, it's an expensive fucking habit, bro. The old tattoo uh, shit is. Well, I've been able to trade from that stony stockpile. You know, so I've wiped my collection. Yeah, yeah. With some of the stonies as well. Um, but, I, I mean, I, you know, I still got a lot of it. <laughs> well, there's, uh, at the, we, we were at this, Josh and I were at the Evergreen show, and this guy was walking around, and he had a panel of boards strung together that was clearly old, old-ass tattoo flash, right? And it didn't have a name. It didn't have shit. And this guy was walking around asking people individually if they knew who it was, if they knew who, and this guy wasn't a tattooer. Right. But he was going around asking people. I was like, Hey, we'll buy it for 200 bucks. And guys will no, I'm getting way more than that. I'm getting way more than that. And like, it seemed like he started at one end, walked around the whole show, tried to find out who it was. And then by the end of it, you know, that dude decided that he wanted to sell these sheets for, you know, however many thousand, couple thousand dollars, right? And I was like, man, this is this it, that fucking sucks. Yeah, unknown. Yeah, no one knows who it is. Just old, but this dude now has it in his head that it should be three grand. And I was like, why the fuck is it? Why the fuck would it be three grand? Just because it's old shit, dude. Like that. <laughs> just him, his heart. I don't know. But I see, I see a ton of that shit where, and, and, and I'm not, I, I'm not a fucking fan of it, man. Honestly, like I know, like, you know, anything I've bought and resold, I have not sold it for very much more at all than I bought it for. I've never, I have, I, I have never 
fucking got something and then marked it the fuck to the sky and then been like, yeah, there I was like, no one's going to be able to afford to have any of this shit, man. Because, you know, and personally, I like it. That's why I bought it. Cause I fucking like it. I never bought it because I thought it was a savings bond, you know, which I could see, I could, I could see a situation if you had, you know, 10 cap Coleman machines you had for 30 years. I, I, I understand, but I see it now pages that just buy shit. That's not even, it's not even rare at all. You know, like they're just, Oh, I got this regular ass flash set that you could buy from the company still, and it's fucking five hundred bucks. You're like, why the fuck? Are they, oh yeah, what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, I love about? that one. When cats are trying to get like uh, a couple hundred bucks for like uh, unknown colored fucking picture machine sheets. Oh yeah, wow, <laughs> yeah. wow, yeah. I was like, you know, that's the only way they, they can do the sell crayon it. somewhere. Yeah, they. they the guy, the crayon. Crazy. You're telling me it's original? I mean, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I don't got no problem marking shit the fuck out through the sky. <laughs> I, f- I, I fucking really don't. hate it, and, man. But, 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 you know, collection is part of my game. You know what I mean? Like, to me, uh, I'm only babysitting this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't gonna get buried with me, you know? I think I, think uh, I might bury my shit with me. That's how I feel about it, because I like it. <laughs> so... Never, Not my collectibles. I'm, I'll probably I'll probably bury some stuff with me, you know. But but like my stony stuff, like like basically, my wife knows the people in my life that get the really good shit. Yeah, you know. Well, then I, I just prefer to sell everything else. You know. I because I have. I mean, I look at I look at all of my collectibles. That's literally. Excuse me. I'm so, so much so bad. Harbor is killing me. Uh, um, I I. I literally look at my um, collection as my retirement fund. You know, well, like I, I instead, instead of investing into a four hundred one k, I invested in the walls of my house and my tattoo shops. Well, I think I, I have my I have enough stuff at some at some point that you know. Recently, I sold a few things that I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about this. I don't give a shit that it's old. Like, I don't like it. I don't like like I didn't paint this shit. Like, I don't I don't care about it. You know. And then the shit I do, the shit I love, dude, is probably worthless to you. Like the 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 machines that I collect the most of is superior tattoo machines. And they're yeah, they were like they were never good. They were never good, but they were from where I was from. So I fucking I have I have tons of these, and people send them to me now. Like uh, you know, people are fucking tight, and they get like they give them to me. They're like, hey, I had this at the shop. I thought of you, I gave it to you, and I fucking will never sell that shit. I because I, I like it. I fucking yeah, love them. I've never sold. Machine. Oh, I've I, I have every machine. I have every machine I've ever bought. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I didn't I, do that. Well, see, that's the thing is, I don't sell anything. You know, I, I sell. I you know, I had to sell some stonies because the the number I bought those at, I had to recoup. There was no that that, that had to be looked at as the best. I could possibly. Uh, I couldn't possibly sell that money and not imagine, or I couldn't possibly spend that money and not imagine any of it coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I knew that when I was buying it, you know? And then, like I said, I traded from that to widen my collection, you know? But I've got some badass shit out of it, you know? And I've, I've sold, you know, quite a few because I want to share that back with that dealing, you know? I don't want to, them sitting in a pile in my safe. Yeah. Isn't isn't as cool as everybody having a couple? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, but, would, I think it's and, weird. But if I know if, if I know I got 
gold, I'm not going to sell it for the price of silver. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> like that old, ain't happening, buddy. Old tattoo machines? I'll tattoo with them, or I'll let people tattoo with them, because it's a tattoo machine. I think the last thing I'd want is to make a machine, and then in 50 years, see some dude have it in a glass case. I'm like, fucking tattoo with that shit. What is it? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I have I have some you know I I don't I don't tattoo with my Paul Rogers, but I, I tattooed I tattooed myself with a hundred year old Percy Waters. Ooh, that's that sick! That's sick. Um, but I just did like I just did like three little dots because I just don't want to pick a spring on them. You know, I want to keep them all original. Yeah, <sighs> I'm you know, fucking, I'd, I'd, be afraid, I'd be afraid to crack a spring putting too much power through one of them old timers. You know, I did. My I don't, Paul Rogers is I, like a whisperer. That, that machine's like. <laughs> I was like, "Jeez, man!" Yeah, I, I would tattoo Watkins. I, I would I tattoo Watkins with it and not care, bro. It's just I, I don't know. That's how I treat it, you know. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's the right way. But I used to work with a dude that used a like a hundred year old Percy Waters every day. Dude, just like a man out there with the fucking just the ancient ancient but, tattoo machine, no capacitor. Well, it was. He had rebuilt it. You know what I mean. It had been rebuilt a couple times before he got the frame. Ah. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of my machines are originals. They're like all original parts. So it's like I don't want to put too much mileage on an original spring, and then have the machine be the, the collectible be compromised. You know, the fucking wreck it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I, a Joey Knuckles back spring versus a Paul Rogers back spring. It's pretty different. Yeah, when you're looking right. at it from a historical <laughs> aspect, from a historical it's aspect, not, from a, if you're like as a museum piece, it doesn't it just doesn't bang the same, dude. Just have it. <laughs> I just threw new springs on everything so my name could be on it. Yeah, hey, there now I'm part of that shit. That's fucking that's funny. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I, I you know, and I don't I don't hate the fact that shit's expensive. I don't hate that you know because I knew a dude not that long ago selling. Uh, he was selling a bunch of Eamon Dietzel machines, like the old, old ones. And some of them that were like new old stock kind of that maybe never got sold or tattooed with. And, uh, you know, they were fucking expensive, which I, I, I understand that, you know. But well, I'll be completely honest with you too, Randy, man. I saw that fucking influx of tattoo money coming in. And I saw all the people who work for me and all the tattooers I know start fucking money on crazy fucking shit. And I was like, hey, I don't, you guys should spend that money on some of my shit instead. <laughs> instead <laughs> of buying did, watches? You know? Instead of buying watches and fucking phones and crazy shit? I went to a couple tattoo conventions where I didn't even buy a booth. I showed up on Saturday with a with a briefcase full of, not even full of flash, with just a handful of flash in it, and walked out of the convention Sunday after. Probably make more money than anybody working the floor. Oh, oh, well, you know. So I mean, it's like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it felt pretty cool. It felt pretty cool to me. It felt, felt, felt pretty fucking rad that day. Yeah, no, I get it. I get that. It shit. wasn't bad. I mean, I, I you know, I would, uh, I, I, I just would never uh, shortchange anybody for what I give them. Like one time, I bought a flash collection from this one percenter dude's wife. Um, she had hit me up and heard that I collected and her husband died a few years ago. She wanted to sell all the slash. And I went and looked at it all and it was like 16 or 18 leather books that had everything dope from the 70s, 80s, 
like oh, everything. That's fucking sick. Like talk about superior, every oh, yeah. superior fucking sheet. Fuck, every yeah. sheet. So that means you got hundred sheets, hundred sheets of Marty Holcomb flash. Like everything's <laughs> sick. All the books had like hand painted titty girls and Vikings and motorcycles and shit on them. And uh, I'm like, man, this shit's sick. You know, she's like, yeah. She's like, he told me to get at least five hundred bucks for it. She's like, but honestly, I'd take three. And I was like, how's eight sound? <laughs> yeah, well. And she's like, what? I was like, I was like, eight's a little fairer number. I was like, this is pretty good stuff. You know? That's rad. That shit's and, rad. Uh, and uh, I fucking, I still haven't even separated that stuff. It's still exactly the way he had it presented. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I bought, I, I traded a dude I tattoo a lot. He said, well, this guy, because tattooing in Oklahoma was illegal. So, you know, you had a bunch of dudes that would go around and tattoo you at your house. And he's like, Hey, the guy that used to tattoo us, the old guy that used to tattoo us, he, uh, you know, he quit tattooing and he like gave my daughter his tattoo kit because he didn't, uh, you know, he, he shot, she was good at drawing or whatever, but she'll trade you a tattoo for it. And I was like, fucking done deal. Like, I don't even give a fuck what it is. Bring it in here. You know? And it was, uh, this dude, had like five or six uh like bikini machines that were really old like not old i mean they're like they were just like from i seem to be machines that i saw when bikini was starting to send you out the catalogs and stuff you know and he had them all tuned in dialed in and those motherfuckers are amazing all five of those machines i you could tattoo with today and i was like those are fucking amazing right and then uh he had a power supply in there that was says on the back it was made in Oklahoma by like some tattoo guy and because as far as you know you have the Columbus tattoo history which I've tattooed in Columbus before and it's like it's a good ass tattoo town there's a lot of fucking oh, good yeah. tattooers there Ohio is a state there's a lot of fucking good tattooers there and um, everywhere at this point I was trying to find shit about Oklahoma and that was the farthest I've got back is like nineties. Like the far, the farthest anybody knows shit, heard shit, seen shit is like the nineties. And wow. I, I asked Lyle Tuttle. He's like, I don't know of anybody. I was like, you don't know of a single person. He's like, Nope. This guy named cowboy Bob, but he wasn't good. And I was like, okay. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping one day that that same situation that happened to you. I hope some old, somebody's like, Hey, my, you know, my grandpa tattooed and here's his shit. Like, cause I would well, love it's like, it. People ask me, like, how'd you find that shit? I'm like, fucking magic, dude. Like, literally landed in my lap. Like, they came to me, you know? It was like, you know, it was just supposed to happen. Well, I have, I tell people, because I know some guys that work at pawn shops, and I we tattoo some people that work at, like, the, the fucking, you know, the antique shop or whatever, and I'm like, hey, if tattoo shit ever comes by here, because I guess the pawn shops, it's legal for them to pawn tattoo shit here. I'm like, if somebody ever has tattoo shit, Call me. Don't don't pawn it. Just call me. I'll just buy it from them. Right. And I got a I got a couple thermofaxes that way, a couple signs, a cut, you know, a couple couple of stuff. I this fucking crackhead walked in, dude, with a thermofax in his arms. And I bought that shit for like 120 bucks. And it worked perfectly. Nice. And I was like, fuck yeah. And that dude, like, yeah. like that dude, I think would have taken any price because it looked like he had carried it walking from far the fuck away, dude, which was even funnier. So he wasn't leaving with that yeah. shit. He was like, I'm not taking this yeah. back. Built up armpit sweat on it. Yeah, dude, it was it was it, it was effort, and I and I plugged it in, and I was like, man, I wonder if it'll even work. And I plugged it in, I was like, right. God damn, this shit is crispy, dude. That's what the fuck I'm talking yeah. about. 
I always, I always uh, entertain. I mean, I buy everything that comes in the shop. You know, if it's like Chinese repo machines, I buy them. I'm going to buy them for them. They'll be like, give me $300. They'll give me $5. I'm like, oh, come on. I'll give you $5 cash right now. Like I'm telling them. I'm telling them. And then I, I, I show them. And I'm like, look here. I was like, these things, I just use them for coat racks. So I just take scratch machines and I put a screw through the through the chuck and drill them to the wall. And they're like perfect coat racks. <laughs> you can I use that. I haven't thought of that. I got tattoo machine coat hooks on my shelves. That's fucking sick. I never thought of that because I had a bag of them. I had like a trash bag of them. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. I, I, I want to make like frames of them. I'm going to do like a frame, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, stick a bunch of them on the frame around it. Shit. I think for a while, if you order from Cam, they would just give you one for free. Like every order, they would, yeah. they, they would give you, they would like give it to you because it was such a piece of shit. My man. <laughs> <laughs> and you would throw it away so you I remember taking it out of the box setting it on there taking the shit out and putting it back in the box and then throwing the whole box away and I, like, I remember kissing one across the parking lot of body language when I opened my word <laughs> try and hit him with baseballs we did all kinds of stupid shit but I was like fuck it I was like you don't even have why are you, do you like how the fuck are they uh, like they have to be like a cent like they have to cost like a cent at this point we're sitting out fucking Amazon and give them fucking Whatever you want. Oh, I love, I love going on Marketplace. If you went on Marketplace right now and typed in uh, tattoo machine, you see 700 piles of shit Chinese machines, dude. They're trying to sell for $700 and it's fucking yeah. hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting taken for it. I wish it was me. I wish it was me doing it. You know, so, <laughs> see, here's how I think. And, and I don't ever act on shit like this because it's just, it's not good energy, but, but this is how my brain, like, like you're like, oh, I don't like marketing things. Up. I'm like totally the opposite of that. <laughs> so, so there's been this dude, uh, some tattooer dude's account got hacked, you know, on Instagram, okay. and I don't even know the dude, but he hit me up on some weird shit. Like, hey, can you do me a favor? And I oh, think that yeah. was the setup. That was like the setup of the moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I instantly, like, I instantly blocked them. So. This same account is now posing to be a tattooer that's guest body at my shops and like scamming people for deposits. What is that? What the fuck is that? I've and heard like, of that. What is and that? Like, and I think I'm thinking today, and I'm like, what a fucking move if you. So so a so this person is basically catfishing this tattooer because this tattooer is doing a guest spot down here soon. The real tattooer. Right, and I'm like, so, so is this person just going to the city that, that person's tattooing in, and like saying that they're guest spotting and all the other tattoo shops and just trying to collect deposits and like kind of catfishing this person's like rundown huh. uh, in every city, and I'm like, and then I thought like. Why couldn't I catfish myself? (laughs) (laughs) And everywhere I go, be fucking scamming and it's under my own name. (laughs) That is I haven't I'm in town to tattoo this week, three hundred dollars for a sleeve. Just just cash at me and I'll see you there. (laughs) And people are like, Yep, here you go. Are people are people calling up there fucking saying that? Oh, bro, people come in thinking they got an appointment with this guy. 
Holy shit. We normally announce when people work here, you know. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking crazy. So there and I mean there's nothing we can do about it, you know what I mean? Well, what the fuck could you do other than flag the account? But it, it apparently doesn't matter. I don't know. It's, Instagram is yeah. fucking nuts, man. Because I see anytime well, there's a the, I don't even know if you can like tag them and call them out because it's like are they gonna sue you or something? Like I don't know. I just say here's how we do business. If somebody tells me I don't know. I've seen uh I've seen a <laughs> bunch of take no money over the phone. Yeah. Well the raffles, every time someone does a raffle, dude, it's always two days later they go, This isn't the real raffle, that's a fake page. And I'm like, fucking quit doing raffles, bro. You can't have nothing yeah, nice in this whole world. Yeah, you don't got a customer you give just give something away to if you feel compelled. Yeah, well just fucking I, I don't know. I'm like you can't do you can't do shit, dude. I was like they're gonna fucking hack you, fuck you over. Because I've gotten, I'll get a fuckload of those messages, and it'll always be in the same month or something. It'll say, "Hey, like I need your help. I need to log into my yeah. page." And I'm like, "Fuck, you're done, son. Like, gotta start all the yeah, way the fuck over." Like, yeah, you're. Yeah. I was like, yeah, and I feel bad for the guy because I'm like, "Fuck, that sucks, man." Like, you know, but I'm like, "Fucking, you need to like." duo like whatever the fuck you need to do to put security on that i was like i don't know how many people this got to happen to first before you fucking do that shit god damn it's insane yeah yeah it's a crazy hustle man uh i guess the guys recently hit all the guys up asking if he can get a guest spot so it's like oh he's trying to get us to announce that he's gonna be there oh my god so this- legitimize, so legitimize this hustle you know that guy was, is doing I was, work. I was like, just tell him to come on in the shop and talk to me. <laughs> and I'd love to talk to him about a guest spot. <laughs> and he, and I'm he, like, oh my God. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, please give me this. I love, like, please. I would love to talk to him about a guest spot. Oh, let this motherfucker walk in. He's a scam of people under my name for fucking months. I would love to talk to this fool. How, and how long has it gone? I mean, how long has it gone on for? Uh, there was one dude doing it like all over town, like every shop for like a year. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Because people were thirsty for tattoos and Columbus kind of feeds into that shit because it's like such a appointment only type city. Like, I swear half of the reason why my shops are so busy is because it's so difficult to get tattooed by everybody else. Oh, I hear that all, all around town, everywhere. Well, do, can you guys tattoo me the next week? Because the last five shops I went to, they're booked for seven fucking years. And I was like, yeah, tattoo you. Yeah, it's like, that's weird because I'm pretty sure that guy Ubered to work. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that guy rents an apartment. Like, I don't even think he drives yeah, I rent- <laughs> so, Some shop owner gave me shit. And I was like, motherfucker, I was like, you probably pay your rent to one of the guys that works at my tattoo shop. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> you dumb motherfucker. You uh, think you're playing the same game as my, my, the dudes that work at my shops pay more money than you and you own a fucking shop. Well, I always tell people, I'm like, buy a fucking house, buy a property, buy that's going to be, because I asked Lyle Tuttle one time and he said, well, the first thing I read, I said, hey, can I ask you some advice? He's like, yeah, write the question on a hundred dollar bill and mail it to me. I was like, oh, holy shit. I was, that's the most baller shit. And then later I talked to him years later. And he was all, you know what? The best tattoo advice I could give anybody is buy property. And I was like, what? And he was like, that's the best tattoo advice 
you could ever have. Buy yeah. fucking he goes, your shop is gonna be worth the building your shop's in is worth more than your fucking tattoo shop is. Yeah. And I was like, Holy so that, shit, man. You know? Yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do now. Like that's my you know, our next step is we wanna open a fourth shop, but we wanna own the bricks. You oh, know? yeah. Well that's the that's that's the money because I mean you you could buy a working business I understand it and I've said before that I didn't understand people buying a tattoo shop because I was like you you know you're not buying the people in the motherfucker like if you don't know like you like if you aren't a tattooer and you go hey I'm gonna buy a tattoo shop I was like who the fuck you think just gonna, everyone's gonna stay doing the same shit you know I was like that's not I say this if 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 there's the right numbers for the right location. Sometimes buying a tattoo shop is smarter than opening one. Because um, I certainly couldn't have built my thing. I couldn't have built high street and body language from scratch and had to do the way it did. You know, um, you have to have a location where I describe it like like high street body language are the kind of places where they've been there for so long and they've tattooed so many people that as a zombie apocalypse, tattooed zombies are going to wander there. <laughs> you know, and be like bumping into the window. Oh, 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 you know? Well, um, like, like if, if you like, and if you're talking, you want 20 grand for the place and it's got some stuff inside or, you know, but I, I, I talked to somebody, some, some person in town here tried to sell me their shop, but they said 120 grand. And I was like, I was like, Dave, does that come with the building? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I'm like, can you be done? Like, is this for five tattoo shops? I'm like, no, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Because I was saying, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a tattoo shop. I don't think. I mean, I don't think I would buy a tattoo shop for more than forty thousand dollars. Well, no matter I, what shop it was on the planet, but and if then you weren't a you tattooer, damn sure open one. You could damn sure open one for cheaper than that, you know. But if you weren't a tattooer and you said, "I'm gonna open, I'm gonna buy this tattoo shop," because I'd seen people do it, and they would buy a shop, and they're not a tattooer, they would buy a shop from a tattooer, oh, yeah. and then that's and then everybody would quit, and everything would suck. And like I worked at a couple of them, you know, and they were like, yeah. you know, they were like, you can. uh you know, just, you know, you keep working this and that. And I was, and I was super young. I think I was 16. I worked at this shop, you know, and they had bought it from somebody else. Like someone had opened it up and some tattooer, I guess just like Psalm and was like, Hey, you want to buy the shop? And they're like, yeah, we would, we we would love to buy it. And he sold it to him for a fuckload of money. And it was a shit location, a shit plaza, a shit part, you know, and they are like, you know, that dude got his dime, but I was like, this is a fucking nightmare. That that, that 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 story sounds real familiar. Like I heard that a lot of times. Like maybe when I was first starting the tattoo, there was mad shops that were selling for like hundred eighty thousand yeah. bucks to a square. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To like to like a business dude. And then yeah, I, I I definitely have heard this story a few times. Not 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 um, um, interpersonally or nothing, but I've heard this story told. Um, in a few scenarios, yeah, yeah, or there's the money guy and then the tattoo guy, and then it doesn't ever fucking work. Like it, or or the tattoo guy's like, it's gonna be fucking sick, bro. You're gonna make so much money, you know. And then that dude fucking, it's you know, it's fucked in like a year. Then the money guy's gonna steal to make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because no one, no one's doing tattoo. Like I've seen it so many fucking times, and um, yeah, 
yeah, I'm pretty fortunate to have my deal worked out. Like, uh, I, I brought my guy into the, you know, I, I had the shops and then sold him in, you know, he kind of worked his way into the shops. And, uh, for me, it works out, it works out wonderfully. And, you know, he ran Jinx Proof for Carl Hedgepath back in the day. He did a tattoo apprenticeship and, and decided he wasn't a good enough tattooer and didn't want a tattoo any longer, you know? Yeah, but he's, he's a, around tattooing. He's not a fucking guy yeah. who oh, was yeah. looking to open up a fucking coffee yeah. shop and so then was like, oh, I'll do dentist. this. So dentist that got a half sleeve was like, you know, this is a quaint little way to make a buck. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. this is not how that works. <laughs> There's a shop in town uh, that I don't really care for. And uh, like well, they're, they're, one of the partners is like a, like a lawyer or something. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, man, that, that's fucking crazy. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I don't know. Like, a, you know, I'll never do fifty fifty. I won't split a fucking peanut butter sandwich with you fifty fifty. You know, what I mean, I either want less of it or I want more of it. Because if you own less of the shop, it's a better, a good job. Because you can be like, hey, man, it's your fucking call. Uh-huh. You know. Uh-huh. And if it. you own more of it, if you own more of it, you can be like, hey man, it's my fucking call. I get it. You know, I get it. So, yeah. But that fifty fifty shit's for the fucking birds, man. And you know, like we were talking earlier, like these collectives, that's where everybody fucked up is is there's it's a it's a bunch of people want exactly what it is they want because they own the space. You know, and and eventually the smallest problem will become cancerous oh yeah yeah well that's that's you know and i see him leave and i see him come and then i see him leave and see him come and i see him leave and it's like and like my my partner doesn't have he don't deal with tattoo he's not a tattooer so you know that was part of the deal when i sold him in i was like ever you know i i will always take care of everything tattoo related you know all you know all personnel all questions because i just you know i'm pro tattooer you know, like yeah. When I when when I, when something happens at the shop, I think like, okay, how would I want this to play out for me if I was that dude? Yeah. You know? Well, you've been that dude. You've been that dude. And then I make and then I make it play out that way. You know. Yeah, but you've been on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I want to have their back. You know, and I want to be known for a dude that's got your back. <laughs> how long have you been tattooing? Um. Next March will be twenty years making money. Ooh, where and where yeah. you where'd you learn that originally? Body language from from Dan Wesley. He works there now. He works for me there now. And you, um, you you left. You said you you bounced around. Well, I'm sorry. Say it again. I said you said you bounced around. No, no. I worked in body language uh, for like seven years and then I went to high street tattoo uh, for like four years three years something like that and then I went to Philly and then in Philly I, I did bounce around my, my goal I knew I wasn't going to be there forever so you know I started working at Philadelphia Eddie's and then I went to Old City Tattoo and then I worked at Art Machine and then Black Vulture but I also work like my days off. I work my days off in New York and I work my days off like in the suburbs of Philly. I like raw power tattoo and uh, 
Baker Street tattoo. So I, I was like a fucking pork machine while I lived in Philly. Like literally all I did was tattoo. And, uh, um, I, but I kind of knew I didn't want to work in one place. I wanted to learn a bunch, you know? Yeah. And then we were going to, I met my wife, we got married and we were probably going to leave Philly. <clears throat> and we were thinking about maybe going to Boston or something. And I got offered high street and we took it. And, uh, and we moved back here. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Dude. I was just like, all right, I can run a tattoo shop, like the math and shit. Um, got a pretty overwhelming pretty quick, you know? Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, now it's, yeah, it's pretty manageable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, dude. There's dudes that run companies that have, you know, 60,000 people to work for them and it seems manageable for them so I'm like well I guess I guess yeah. you could do it you know tattooers are a little bit uh, a, a you different, a different. Be, you just have to be willing to put the team ahead of your personal goals yeah sometimes yeah. like there's just times where maybe uh, you know I don't know you know maybe I'm sitting down to crawl for the day and a couple people start texting me you know maybe I gotta work on a couple other people's problems uh, before I can deal with my own work for the day or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what I just do is I just schedule my day to allow for that. Yeah. You know? huh. And over the years, I've kind of found the ebb and flow for it. To where you know, it's more than I'd like it to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, I would also like to retire someday, you know, and like, you know, uh, I have a long-term plan for like kind of, um, even taking a smaller role in all three shops down the road and just kind of going into retirement mode someday. Well, that's fucking, like, yeah. Well, you're ahead of the game. You're like one of the eight people that thought of that, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> everyone else, I'll be like, because people, uh, we taught a guy to tattoo the shop. He's been there. For, he's been there damn near since we opened. And so he's tattooing now. He's doing good, you know? And uh, I remember him asking like, oh, so like, what do you do later tattooing? I was like, usually you just fucking die. Like, you you know, I was like, most of the, the, the current theme is just be broke as fucking die and squalor is usually what happened to everybody that was super tight. And I was like, and then I think some guys got smarter and started like maybe thinking about that shit beforehand, you know? But yeah. I, I definitely yeah. think about that. And like, I encourage that. Like, hey, you need to, like, what are you going to tattoo forever for real? Like, maybe tattoo because you want to, but not because there's a gun to your fucking head. Because I'd heard stories of old dudes that were like, you know, this guy tattooed until he physically arthritis. He couldn't. And then that dude's fucked. He's got nothing. Like, he's got fucking yeah. not a goddamn thing. You know? I gave tattoo. I gave, I gave tattooing everything I had in my 20s and my 30s. I'm still busting ass for tattooing in my forties. You know, I'm not physically doing as many tattoos as I used to do, but I'm putting out books and I'm researching shit, you know, working on doing lectures and, you know, got a few other projects I'm working on for historical stuff, museum showings and things like this, you know, always come up with new ways of keeping my teams happy. Um, and to me, like that's, that's, what my next contribution to tattooing is going to be, you know, like I'm probably as good at 
making tattoos as I'm going to get, you know, like, I don't think that I'm going to be the best dude in town ever, you know, that's but a, that's a, that's a great I, and hard thing to realize that some people don't. It, oh, it's liberating. It's incredibly liberating, but I do think that I could be the best shop owner in town. Well, there you, you know go. what I mean? There I you do, go. I do think, I do think I could be the best boss in town. Um, and, and so, you know, I kind of enjoy that role, you know, um, maybe not as much as making tattoos, but it's certainly more sustainable to my body and my relationship and, <laughs> you know, yeah. basically everything else in life, you know? Well, it takes, it takes, uh, tattooing is very fucking consuming. If you, uh, if you're into it, you know, cause I ask people, Hey, yeah. are, you, are you into tattooing? Well, yeah, I tattoo. And I'm like, no, are you fucking into it though? Like, are you fucking about it? Like, yeah. I'm, I was willing to sacrifice my body and my free time and any other interests that I had. But uh, when it got down to where it was starting, it was going to cost me my marriage. I had to find a healthier immediate balance. Yeah. 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 I totally get it. It was just like, it was getting to where it was interrupting, man. You know, I was too stressed too much. So. I always said, yeah. I, I had memes about, or, you know, that car salesman meme where he slaps the top and then I made one about tattooing. He said, this, this bad boy can fit so many divorces in it. <laughs> it's fucking a tattoo machine. Because <laughs> it fucking, I was yeah. like, man, how many dudes? I was like, I know fucking a million dudes. They're like, divorce with one kid, divorce with one kid, divorce with one kid. I'm like, fuck, yeah. man. But I've, you know, my, my wife, we have four kids and when I got together with her, you know, I wasn't tattooing a very long time. So she's, I mean, we did all of it. I'm sure you did with your wife. I went for making, you know, no money all the time. Like it was, a, it was a fucking struggle tattooing because you're in a, if you're not very known, you're in a city, you're not at a great shop. You're not very good. You know, you're fucking, you're, you're yep. in it. You're fucking in it. You're not fucking killing that shit, you know? And it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard. Yeah. I did that shit with my, my wife. This bitch has me by the balls, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she she put up with it. She put up with all that bullshit. Dude. She she made she made it through the gauntlet. Yeah, she gets asked. She gets asked up now. Oh man, yeah. Well, and you you know what's funny is is you could tell the difference because I have friends that like you know they've been tattooing for a long time and they've been married for a long time, and then you see the new guy and uh, he's been tattooed for a couple years. And you see his wife, and I was like, it's like a different wife, bro. It's a different breed. I was like, when they get, like, when they've done this for so long, I was like, because, you know, like, they are not phased by fucking bullshit and money, no money. And I was like, and then the reoccurring theme I've noticed from people who have been married to a tattooer for a very long time is they think every other tattoo in the world is the biggest complaining pussy who ever lived. They're like, oh, my God, you guys are like fucking women, dude. Shut the fuck up. That's all I hear. It's fucking. It's true. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a polar opposite person of where I was, you know, as a younger artist. Like, oh yeah. Like I used to be this like exciting, fun, fucking like party animal dude when I met my wife. And, you know, I was, I was out of the city, out in the streets every night. Fucking everybody knew who I fucking was. Having a great time. Got into all the concerts for free and all this shit. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like. People are like, hey, we'll give you free tickets if you come to the state. I'm like, I'm not fucking going to that shit. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> what the fuck? 
What time is it? They're all they're, dead. You're all, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> are you kidding me? I had to drink a Mountain Dew just to do this goddamn podcast at nine. <laughs> well, it was late. You know what's funny? Is for me, I was all, fuck, bro. I wonder if he's even going to do it because that's kind of late for me, man. <laughs> I was always kind of running late for me. And uh, <laughs> that's fucking funny. Yeah, no, I like to go home now. And then especially conventions, people are like, you want to come to my show? And I'm like, nope. I, I have no fucking yeah. no desire to go do that. Yeah, shit. I, I, I we do conventions with the slaps, but I just go and kick it. F- yeah, like, well, we take the guys, like we buy the guys' booth and we buy their hotel room. Oh, that's and fucking then they tight. work. For, that is then they work tight. for the normal cut. Then they work for the normal cut. Well, I mean, you're then, paying for all the hard shit because they used to go and then yeah, yeah, like they a, take the risk. Yeah, that way they don't have to take a risk. And, and if somebody loses money, it's the shop. It's not them, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they, they like that. And then, you know, I just go and like, I don't know, I just rock suits, walk around, get stoned all weekend. <laughs> Fuck shit. Fucking hang out. You know? Because like, yeah, I mean, if I'm not, like if I go to Philly, I'll tattoo because people there like get tattoos from me. Yeah. But like, it's not like I'm the kind of tattooer that I go somewhere and like, there's like a, Line of people like, oh man, I hoped you would come here. Oh. You know, it's like maybe like maybe like two tattooers are like, hey, will you do one of those stony rats on me? Yeah, <laughs> you got I'm it. Like, cool, I'll do those two. <laughs> do those two stony rats, and nobody talks to me. The rest of the <laughs> I I remember going to conventions and traveling, right? And it, and you know, I think I, you know, I spent every goddamn dime I had to do it, and then a gun was to my head for three days, and then you get home and you made like, you know, like. Not that much more, you know, like, I I don't think I've ever been to a convention where I was like, fuck it. Yes. I raped this shit, you know, like guest yeah. spots. I've done that, but conventions I'm, I'm fucking wore out, bro. Like I, like, I don't drink. I don't do any of that. I don't want to fucking go hang out. I don't want to do shit. I'm like, I want to go the fuck home. That's what I want to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I really wore myself out this year because I had like some personal stuff booked and then when all the conventions came back, we already had a few paid for from the shop. Oh, yeah. And when they all announced, they kind of announced all around the same time. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, you were skating. You were fucking skating. Man. I traveled. Yeah, I got traveled out this year. I just, like, I don't know, man. I, I'm trying really hard not to talk shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was... How was COVID? How- convention culture tattooed and shit, man. It's oh, like, no. I go, I go to the conventions and I'll be like outside smoking weed, like talking to somebody else. You know, and these fools are like going into the conversation and like, I just want to be like, hey, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I like, don't want to talk to you. Well, I don't that- care how many more euros you're going to charge when you're in Scotland. I don't give a fuck. It's like, like some of these shows now, when you're at the party, they're all just giving each other consultations. It's like, they are supposed to talk about machine guns and pussy right now. And you're fucking talking to me like I'm your customer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's unreal, bro. I, I, oh. oh, well, that's Ooh. the, that's the, that's the travel guy, dude. I'm a jet setter travel fucking dude, oh. you know? And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I know how to do math. I see how much you tattooed this weekend. Like, you, you fucking rolled in that here on the skin of your fucking teeth. Like, why don't you, at the very least, when you're around the other tattooers, why don't you release the facade 
and can we at least have a good time? Can we can we look at each other and be like, yeah, that was a cool day of hustling fools. Now let's talk about some real shit. You know? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. like if you if you extend the hustle to me when you're talking to me personally, I instantly discount you. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> well, are you gonna? Are you they, know, they gonna hustle a hustler? Well, just I just don't I don't want to hear. Like it's like yeah 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 we all do the fucking job. Like yeah. shut the fuck up. Like yeah. don't tell me about the goddamn job. Yeah, sure. Oh wow. Do you not do white tattoos? Oh crazy. <laughs> crazy. Oh, that's so crazy, bro. Yeah, no, it's fucking. Oh, wow. It's boring. It's fucking. Boring. I was like, yeah. you, I, like, have any of you ever been addicted to drugs or anything tight happen in your life? They're like, no. Nah. And I was like, bro. Yeah. Sag-titted loser. Like you never even lived. You ever been robbed or anything? They're like, no. And I was like, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't done nothing. Yeah. I was at a convention and I was joking around talking about I was going to start an internet challenge about you smoke a half a gram joint while you do 50 push-ups. Yeah. You know? Okay. And uh, <laughs> I'm like talking to a couple of dudes and this thing's like, some people have a really hard time during push-ups. Some people? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, all, like, all people you, have a hard time. I'm like, what, you? Like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> I, I just told you I did 50 while smoking a joint. They're not that fucking hard. They, yeah, Jesus well. Christ. You just walk into Carnegie Hall, they give you a seat in the fucking orchestra. <laughs> fucking dickhead. I don't, I don't know. Like, I felt like the people I tattooed with. Like, I triggered him. Like, I did something wrong. <laughs> like, well. Like it's, some people have a hard time doing push-ups. Yeah, they're called pussy, dude. Oh <laughs> yeah. goddamn pussy! Yeah, well, yeah, if you, it's it's it I, is, I, I don't. I'm in a bubble, man. I don't. You know, when I venture out of the bubble, that's who I meet. That's who I meet is the guy who tells me push-ups are hard. Sometimes I was like, you know what the fuck is hard, dude? The Great Depression was hard. You know, <laughs> I was like, that shit was real hard. And well, and I, and I just think it's like people think that that like say. You know, I'm 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 a loud a loud mouth, and I'll say my mind. But that doesn't mean I don't have anxiety or depression or any of these problems that everybody else has. You know what I mean? It's just uh, you have to build a character as a as a tattooer. I just think even as a human, you have to build like an exoskeleton well, you, to to keep yourself from being upset by other people. Man. Well, in just, in tattooing, being a character is part of what I just said. As you or I said earlier. You don't sell pictures, you know. Like, if you ever like, I know you met Philadelphia Eddie. I met him one time. Oh yeah, and it was, was fucking. Uh, it was so slick. He was fucking. I was like, this dude fucking rules, man. Someone was looking at my stuff, and he was like, it's five dollars to look, but it's free to look at mine. And I was like, this dude fucking rules, bro. He's fucking swindling <laughs> me to my face in a suit, and he's got two yeah. girls that are thirty years younger than him, and they are fucking jacked about this shit. And I was like, this that dude. That's fucking tattoo guy. Like, I don't know. You know, that is the, you should go over there. Cause that dude's fucking about that's, this shit. You know, that's what I'm going to be when I grow up. Yeah. Dude, no he, fucking, he was slicker than snot, dude. And it was just so fun, you know? And then I have met, I've met a lot of dudes now that are cool as fuck. They're regular. They're cool. I fucking like them, you know? And I, uh, but I have met a fair share of people like, I, I, don't know what the fuck to talk to you about, man, because you're like, you don't live in the same dimension I do. Like, I don't know what the fuck you think tattooing is I or was, a, but I don't. I got a great Philadelphia Eddie story. I got a bunch of great Philadelphia Eddie stories, but uh, 
this this is like a hella slick one because it's just a timing thing, you know? So there was a dude named T that worked at Eddie's when I worked there. And T passed away, rest in peace. And, uh, but he was like a fucking street fighter, like always getting in some shit. And uh, he got in a fight up the street and the cops were called. And he ran down the street, ran up in the tattoo shop, went down the basement. And Eddie was in the shop and the cops come in. They're like, hey, Eddie. He's like, hey, how you doing now? They're like, hey, we're looking for tea, you know? And he's like, eh, no tea in here, just coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they didn't ask one more question because they knew he wasn't going to let him fucking in the basement, you know? It wasn't. He said, no tea here, just fucking coffee. <laughs> he just fucking coffee. <laughs> they, said that, they said that he used to when smoking first became outlawed in airports, he would carry around a smoking area sign because it still had smoking areas. <laughs> and he would put Velcro on the back of it and stick it up on the wall and light up a cigarette. And people would come over and start smoking around him because they thought it was a smoking area. And then when he was done with the cigarette, he'd just take the sign off the wall and roll. <laughs> Fucking roll out, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is sick as fuck. Bro, that's awesome. Uh, one more quick Addy one, just because it's Addy. You, know, you, uh, you could tell him. You could tell him, man. Uh, uh, I was giving my boy a bachelor party, and uh, I was like, "Yo, Ed, you know, uh, I'm throwing my boy Don a bachelor party. You gonna come out and party?" You know? He's like, "Hell no!" He's like, uh, "He's like, you got to do what I did for my friend." He's like, you "Take him out. You get him drunker than he's ever fucking been in his life." You take his ID, his credit cards, all his money, and then you put him on a flight with a one-way ticket fucking anywhere. <laughs> he's like, he's like, right. he's like, yeah, that way he wakes up somewhere the next day, can't get a flight back, can't figure out what to do, and he misses the wedding. He's like, <laughs> best gift you could ever give. <laughs> the best fucking... <laughs> <laughs> That was working for him pretty fun. Was he fun? Like, I mean, how was it? Yeah. Oh man, um, I, I worked for work Troy Temple there, but Eddie still lived down the street from the shop um, and hung out all the time. So when Eddie retired, he sold the shops to all the guys that been with him the longest. Okay. Um, and then, uh, but he still, you know, I'm sure got broke off and. He just lived right down the street, so he would come kick it at the shop, you know? So, like, Fridays, I worked day shifts by myself, so, you know, maybe, like, by 1 o'clock, Eddie would come down, hang out till, like, 4, you know, just sit in the lobby with his dog and talk shit, you know, goof around with the people and talk to me and all this. It was, I mean, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was like, I had, it was like the, recession, you know, when it was like oh nine or whatever. Oh, yeah, 08, 09, whenever yeah. whenever shit got really bad. It's like right when I picked the move. <laughs> so I was like new in a city and it was like hella slow. And I was like, man, I fucked up because I was doing pretty good here. And uh getting to be friends with Eddie was like made it worth it. You know? Like I I literally talked to him on the phone maybe 17 hours before I saw on the internet and died. Oh, man. You know, so, you know, that's a, that's a huge blessing. Um, and, you know, aside from meeting my wife, 
being friends with Eddie was the number one coolest thing that happened from moving to Philly. You know? Wait, how long did he tattoo? I'm not really sure. Um, he had been done way before I got there. Like, I begged him to tattoo me, and he wouldn't do it. And then one year at Baltimore, some dude said that he would let his grandson Dominic do a sparrow on him. And Dominic was like 12. And if Eddie would do one on him. And Eddie said yes. Oh. And it was just this fucking, it was this fucking square dude who just saw this old dude and his grandson was like, hey, don't let the kid do one. His grandpappy will do one, you know? Uh-huh. He didn't really know what he was getting or nothing. Oh, there's pictures of me watching that tattoo get done. And you could just see the like jealous rage, just, <laughs> just fucking green in the face with fucking jealous, jealous rage at this guy getting this fucking tattoo. <laughs> that's fucking. That's that's rad. As oh, fuck. so jealous. I got to watch it. Yeah, so that was really really cool. I should have focused on the fact that I got to watch it. That would be so fucking. Jealous, like I get one. <laughs> I'm like, I want to let the fucking kid tattoo. I love the fucking baby tattoo. You know? <laughs> like, as long as as long as it goes, like, as long as it goes, don't fucking, fucking part at me. <laughs> that's fucking awesome, man. Fucking care. Yeah, that's. I, a, but he was a character, man. That was the thing. Is you know, I feel like yeah. you know, uh, just seeing that dude, the getting tattooed by him was probably the funnest shit of all time. It was probably fun as fuck. Is the best, best, is the goddamn best, you know. And I see older dudes and getting tattooed by them. It's fun. It's the best shit, you know. And I'm like, man. And then, and then you look at booth down. The guys wearing headphones, fucking doing the picture of a picture. And you're like, look, man. Like this fucking sucks. Like I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't even want to have that tattoo because this yeah. fucking sucked getting it. I don't give a shit how good it looked, you know. I checked. I checked. It chased down all the great beards, man. I got a bunch of old timers on me. That's rad. That's uh, super rad. You yeah, I, uh, I got one from Bowery Stan. Uh, Jerry Red from Philly. I got one from Marty Holcomb. Uh, Ronnie Delaquila. Jeez, uh, I'd have to look at the list. I think I've been tattooed by like 103 people. Oh my God, that's a fucking lot of people. Yeah. That's rad. That's rad, though, dude. You you know you went and experienced it and did all of it. You know I don't know. I like that. I like going to people's shops. I don't really fucking you know. It's not the same if you go to a convention and meet somebody and hang out with people. It's not. It's not near the same as going to their shop and seeing what the fuck's going on there. I started saying that years ago, man. Yeah, because when I worked at Eddie's, I worked for Troy Temple and I worked his convention circuit when it was starting to kind of turn into the villain arts thing. Yeah. And uh and I was like, ah oh, man, guest spots are where it's at. Oh you yeah. Know, like, yeah. Yeah, totally. You're definitely gonna take way more back home from a guest spot than you'd ever do from a convention. Oh yeah. And then you make you get the you make the friends, you know? Because I'm fr- I still yeah. talk and I'm friends with dudes at guest spots I did years ago. I'm gonna fuck we're friends, you know? And I, I like that. I like that shit. Well, I'm t- I'm turning into that fucking older guy where all the fucking young dudes look the same too. So like I don't go to a convention and you know, I'll be like three hundred milligrams of edibles deep and like fucking a million joints <laughs> and like re re meeting the same face for the tenth time for like 
And they're like, oh, yeah, we hung out on Blow the Blow. I'm like, oh, totally. Fuck. And, and, and they feel like a huge dick. Well, it seems like Perfect. at least health wise, dude. I like I don't I, I don't know if you're like working your way to Roy Boy status, dude. Working out in your backyard, getting swole as fuck, or what what you were doing. <laughs> but I was like, I wonder, I wonder if he were you working out in your backyard? Yeah, yeah. Through COVID and all that, I built a gym in my backyard, and like I got it. My I bought a house like last year that has a garage, so so down working there. out. Yeah, because I was wondering, I was like, I wonder what he's gonna do in winter, man, because it fucking snows up there. We just busted it through the winter outside. Damn. We just kept it moving. Like 20 degrees. The only thing that we stopped working out for is if it was too icy okay. or if it was like actively raining. Yeah. Were you, uh, do you feel a lot better? You feel a lot healthier? You feel like, does it make you feel better? Yeah. I've been working out for 15 years, you know, pretty regularly um, with mixed results at different times. Um, but, like, I think working out outside, like, access to the sun, and I think working out alone, it's just, like, there's something different about it. I get better charge from it, you know? That's rad. That's rad. Well, it's you know, I've seen the tattooing. Like, you know, you tattoo for long enough. You're sitting down all day. You're fucking not doing anything about it. Like, you have to be a fat piece of shit, you know? You fucking are, like, you don't feel good all the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck. Well, between the exercise and then, you know, I built a sauna too, and and like I think the sauna is like a huge part of it too. A sauna and sunlight. And I didn't, I didn't get COVID at all. My wife had it four times. Holy like shit! Every everybody in the tattoo shop had it at least once. How was the shops during COVID? How did that? How did that fare? That was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, because it never that, that, never like, ended. That, well, I mean, you know, when the pendulum's swinging forward um, and business is good and, and everybody's making some money and there's a bunch of people happy at the shops, it's great. But when the pendulum swings back and you have to navigate a ship with 10 people per shop that all have different opinions and different concerns yeah. and anxieties, you know, it was a fucking nightmare for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know financially trying to keep them. You know, uh, I, well, I read more, well, Vice, Vice hit us up too. We're like, how are you doing through this pandemic? I was like, fucking fine, dude. Like we say, like, we're not eight years old. Like we save money for in case. What if the shop gets hit by a fucking tornado, bro? What was my plan then to die? You know? So I was like, yeah, I mean, like we figured it out, but there were some cities in areas of the country where it was like, even I was like, holy shit, bro. Like there'd be like, you, but like, you better just be tattooing dude, because you know, trying to close for a year or two years or some shit. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, just keep paying rent. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, we were closed for three months. And, and, and our, you know, our spots are pretty expensive. You know, it, but it definitely hurt the shops. I personally, you know, my, my finances are straight. Like I said, I'm not a little kid. So, you know, I, I have a little emergency fund. And, you know, I, I sold art. Uh, hustled prints and books and you know I kind of made it through the shutdown part of it okay personally yeah yeah. Um, but uh, yeah the shops were suffering pretty hardcore but 
once we got it going again, it was like the busiest time ever in tattooing. It was ever, man. It was like two years straight. It was like tax season on steroids for. I was like, dude, I wish we just do it this organized. Like, why don't we just not do shit for six months, and then you'll fucking I could just tattoo fucking like a madman for a year. I would rather do that. I don't know about you guys, but we're actually seeing like sort of a slow season. Like this year, yeah, no, it's like the same. A, it's like, like like an actual winter, yeah. And I'm like, my guys are like actually kind of relieved. They're like, fucking, thank God. <laughs> well, it was here. It, I mean, we were I, we were tattooing our fucking dicks off for I feel like a year and a half afterward, and then it kind of went to normal. And then it, like tax season, the regular tax season that would be there seemed to be like weird. Like it was like really, really molasses slow. Like it wasn't this wall of yeah, like we didn't notice. We didn't notice when tax season started and ended. You know, it was just like we were running at full capacity every day, all day long. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, it's been. And then I know, at least here, winter has always been. There's a dip, you know, and like, you know it, that's fine. You know, or you have appointments, like, like you're not fucking dying, you know. But uh, it was just, I was like, man, if we could do the post-COVID fucking busy season, I would do that shit a hundred times. I would do that forever. Yeah. I mean, for for like hustler ass tattooers, it's really cool. I don't think my operation would be sustainable that busy. They just um, fucking back to back to back forever. It, it was just the guys are all too hard of workers, and it was just too busy. And it was just I'm like I have one dude that works so fucking hard, and he just fucking crushed and made tons of flash, tons of paintings the same year. I mean, he did like. I don't even remember what the number was, but it was something like 1,900 tattoos or something Holy in the shit. year. And now he's having all kinds of fucking health problems. His back's fucked up. I'm like, well, of course, dog. You like completely burn the candle on both ends, you know? With the torch. Yeah. Like, With the fucking torch. As much as it's awesome for the shop and awesome for you to hustle, you got to, you know, it's a long distance run, you know, it's not a sprint. Well, what uh, what what's? I want to I want to tattoo for a really long time, not just for a long time today. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. What's uh, what do you do? You have any stuff upcoming you want to talk about? Uh, well, we just dropped the uh the final volume of my Stony collection books. Okay, um, and it's the uh, stuff that documents his years here in Columbus in the seventies and eighties. It's like, in my opinion, it's the coolest of all the books. It's like, um, like all the other um, Stony Flash I've seen is like uh, a normal Americana or like the normal language of tattooing. Yeah. Um, you know, pinup girls and mom hearts, roses, panthers, and all this. Um, your normal, you know, your normal language. Um, and when he got to Columbus with all the bikers and the hippies and the college students, uh, I think in like Marty Holcomb, he taught Marty Holcomb a tattoo shortly after in the town. And him and this guy, Jan, were kind of like into the psychedelic rock shit. And I think that that's where Stoney saw the, the customers going. That he adapted. And this shit is fucking it's like definitely for a traditional, you know, or uh, uh, an old school master tattooer, 
to see some of these designs, it's going to blow your fucking mind. Like, it's like, there's, there's, like, there's, like, there's one I for sure is Alice Cooper, or there's definitely a Hank Williams Jr. in there. Um, like, he was just making tattoos out of everything. It was fucking, there's some sweet shit. So, where can people get the book? Um, these guys can uh, holler at me for it uh, on Instagram, and I'll, I'm gonna give DM me and I can send you all the information to get it, or you can get it through the publishers of Royal Arts. Uh, they're on Instagram also. Okay. Okay. Uh, and they got a website and all that jazz. Okay. Okay. So but, uh, Royal, Royal Arts. Yeah, Royal Arts. It's like uh, Clint and Heather Vaught. They, they did a wonderful job with the book really really nice oh i know clint i know clint man yeah i like i yeah i like clint he's awesome yeah they're good people man and like you know a lot of people were kind of telling me to produce this book myself and the guy gonna lose a lot of money if you fucking do it you don't do it yourself and man this thing is so nice i would have never done it this kind of justice you know like and we ended up some fucking spiral ground bound bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> have a shit. You have a nice, a nice shelf book to set next to the other one. When you're, when you're celebrating the lost work of a fucking master tattooer, you know what I mean? I think that it's probably best that professionals handle the aesthetic of how the next generation perceives that book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when somebody that isn't alive right now finds that book, they should, they should look at it with respect and not just like, ah, it's some fucking piece of shit. I don't know. That's, you know, <laughs> I haven't, you know, I haven't thought of something like that. That's a, that's a good way to look at that. What is someone else going to say later? I mean, they're definitely, yeah. if it's a nice book, they're going to take that more serious, not even knowing what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. They're just by the way it looks, they're not going to throw it away. Yeah. You know? Well, that's cool. Yeah, Clint's awesome, man. Clint was making me some parts. He was, uh, I like dealing. Yeah, I like I like dealing with them. Yeah, they're very classy. And then, uh, uh, if people want to get tattooed in Columbus, man, where where and the shops and the names and and best way uh, to do it. Uh, um, we got uh, I tattoo at Sacred Hand Tattoo Society. Um, we got High Street Tattoo and we got Body Language Tattoo. Um, all the shops are open seven days a week. You can walk in every day. Um, if you want to get tattooed by me, um, all you got to do is pick something super fucking cool and want to pay double. <laughs> <laughs> simple. It's simple that way. It's so easy. It's so fucking easy. Okay. Well, we're we're approaching uh, we're approaching the time here. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. I know we had talked about doing this a few months back and. I know I I know I said hey I'm trying to I'm trying to work this out call me this day and I was like that dude's got a fucking life bro he ain't fucking chasing me around so I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we got it arranged and I appreciate you you know I appreciate you doing it yeah man it was a good time good time uh, and I still want to come out and see, see the shop I haven't seen Josh in a long time oh yeah come out uh, and, come out and see fucking Josh tattooing back pieces how far are you guys from Telequah Telequah is that uh Josh's friend opened up out there. Is that yeah, a, Charlie. Charlie, little Charlie. Yeah, uh, we. I think it's probably about two or three hours, man. A, a, everything in Oklahoma is negotiable, so you know uh, we're really north. So I think if you made a swoop of it, you could you could get it done. Yeah, his shop's called Ancient Origins. Uh, oh, dropped them awesome. a little bit of props. It's just him right now. He taught his old lady out there. He's, 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 he's fucking 
really good artist. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah, Josh is, Josh told me about that because he was in Tulsa, I believe. And then he went yeah, out. he was he was like learning from Josh when I met him. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Josh split, I think, for Oklahoma, and Charlie stayed back. And then I kind of um, took over teaching him the tattoo and brutalized the little motherfucker. <laughs> I made him a fucking I'm the basically the Joe Jackson tattooing. <laughs> well, he's a, I mean he's got his I'll own he's, he's got his own spot, so shit's going right. You know, shit's going right. Hurt, but you know, it'll be good. That's good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, uh I I really uh I I appreciate it, man. And then uh what's your Instagram? Yeah. Uh Joey Knuckles tattoo. Okay. Okay. Well, don't, don't hang up. Don't hang up, but, uh, I appreciate everyone listening. If you want to do an ad or something, uh, just let me know. And, uh, I just do them. It's a very simple process. Uh, and usually it, any other way you want to support the podcast, we just sell shirts every two months. I print them, we ship them, we do all that. If you, uh, check them out, see if you, if you, if you want a shirt or not. All right. I appreciate it.